Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 1. I said in my heart, Pray, come, I try thee with mirth, and look thou on gladness, and lo, even it is vanity. The preacher, the old Solomon, is still speaking about the vanity of our human lives on earth. We look forward to little things that really don't matter in eternity. We want to go to a party, or we want to have a new outfit, or we want to buy a boat, or go on a vacation. But in the great scheme of things, it really doesn't matter that much. And that's why we're never satisfied. Even our accomplishments, like if we build a skyscraper, once it's over with, then we want to do something else because that accomplishment doesn't satisfy us. Solomon is saying that he got to the point where he tried laughter to see if that was satisfying. He wanted to have fun and go to parties, but that didn't satisfy him either. Two, of laughter I said foolish, and of mirth, what is this it is doing? He didn't find the answers to life in simply enjoying life. That wasn't enough for him, and it isn't enough for anyone. That's why a lot of people who have great lives, they still feel empty inside, and they wonder why they're here. 3. I have sought in my heart to draw out with wine my appetite, and my heart leading in wisdom, and to take hold on folly, till that I see, where is this, the good to the sons of man, of that which they do under the heavens, the number of the days of their lives. Solomon tried drinking, and seeing if that satisfied him, and it didn't. In his drunkenness and happiness, he found folly. When you're drunk, you say stupid things and you do stupid things. 4. I made great my works. I builded for me houses. I planted for me vineyards. 5. I made for me gardens and paradises, and I planted in them trees of every fruit. Solomon had massive building projects, which we read about in the Old Testament. And he describes the fact that he made many palaces, many mansions. He made vineyards and created gardens and paradises, botanical gardens, and really luxurious places where the ultra-rich would love to stay, places that were supposed to imitate the Garden of Eden. And he planted a variety of trees in those places. 6. I made for me pools of water to water from them a forest, shooting forth trees. 7. I got men servants and maid servants, and sons of the house were to me. Also I had much substance, herd and flock, above all who had been before me in Jerusalem. In fact, he was the richest man in the world. He had he had huge herds of all kinds of animals. He had thousands of male and female servants, and servants were born to him. His servants had children, and he says he made beautiful, luxurious pools. I can only imagine what his pools and fountains must have looked like. It must have been places where people had parties or getaways, and yet that didn't satisfy him. 8. I gathered for me also silver and gold, and the peculiar treasure of kings and of the provinces. I prepared for me men singers and women singers, and the luxuries of the sons of man, a wife and wives. He had a huge orchestra and choir. He had all kinds of gold and silver and jewelry. 
He also had unique treasures that he had taken from other kingdoms that paid tribute to him. So he had one-of-a-kind treasures that couldn't be found anywhere else in the world. And he amassed a huge harem with hundreds of women. 9. And I became great and increased above everyone who had been before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom stood with me. During a lot of this time, he still had the wisdom that the Lord gave him. The Lord didn't take that wisdom away. So he still knew right from wrong and how to obey the Lord. My argument is that wisdom is always action, and if you're not obeying the Lord, you really are not wise. He did lose it, but he had that wisdom for a long period of time. He knew how to obey the Lord. But Solomon seems to interchange the words wisdom and knowledge. He was the greatest king in terms of wealth and power and fame, but he was not the greatest king in terms of spirituality. Spiritually speaking, King David, his father, was the greatest king. 10. And all that mine eyes asked, I kept not back from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy, for my heart rejoiced because of all my labor, and this hath been my portion from all my labor. In the New Testament, we're taught to fast and restrain ourselves and not give ourselves everything that we want. But King Solomon gave himself everything that he wanted. So he really indulged, and indulgence did not satisfy him. He rejoiced over the things that he created and built, but he still didn't get fulfillment from these things. 11. And I have looked on all my works that my hands have done, and on the labor that I have labored to do, and lo, the whole is vanity and vexation of spirit, and there is no advantage under the sun. There's many people who pursued worldliness and wealth and vanity like Solomon did, and they will be so ashamed on Judgment Day when they stand before the Lord and their sins are not forgiven, and they'll be ashamed of all the things that they did. 12. And I turned to see wisdom and madness and folly. But what is the man who cometh after the king? That which is already, they have done it. King Solomon says, people who came after me would do the same things. Solomon did it maybe better and definitely on a grander scale. But he didn't do anything different from what other kings had done and what other powerful people in the future would do. So he hadn't done anything that was unique. And even in his madness when he was drunk, even his madness wasn't unique to the human experience. 13. And I saw that there is an advantage to wisdom above folly, like the advantage of the light above the darkness. He did keep in mind that wisdom is better than folly. So at least he took note of that. 14. The wise, his eyes are in his head, and the fool in darkness is walking. And I also knew that one event happeneth with them all. He says that wise people walk in the light, and foolish people walk in the dark, where they will stumble and hurt themselves spiritually. But one thing is common to everybody. 15. And I said in my heart, As it happeneth with the fool, it happeneth also with me. And why am I then more wise? And I spake in my heart that also this is vanity. Solomon thought that even his gift of wisdom from the Lord was vanity. 
no matter what our skills and talents and opportunities are, we're all in the same boat together, the rich and the poor, the intelligent and the simple-minded. Everybody has the same problem. We need purpose, and the only way to have that is by taking hold of eternity. And the only way to take hold of eternity is to be forgiven in Jesus Christ. 16. That there is no remembrance to the wise, with a fool to the age, for that which is already, in the days that are coming, is all forgotten. And how dieth the wise, with the fool? King Solomon says, Everybody dies the same way, and ultimately no one is remembered. But one thing he forgot is the Lord remembers us after our bodies are dead, and we will see him one day. So our lives totally matter, but not in the way that Solomon was hoping. 17. And I have hated life, for sad to me is the work that hath been done under the sun, for the whole is vanity and vexation of spirit. He became depressed and hated life itself, because everything he had done, it never changed the world, it never changed his future, it wasn't fulfilling, and it didn't change how his life would end. 18. And I have hated all my labor that I labor at under the sun, because I leave it to a man who is after me. Solomon said one of the things he hated about all of the things he had done is that he couldn't take it with him. In eternity, he had to leave it all behind for somebody else to enjoy, and he hated that. Sounds like Solomon wanted to live forever, but the only way to live forever is to pursue Jesus, not wealth. We can't create our treasures in heaven, but Jesus said that we could store them up by serving him, then he will create treasure for us in heaven. We don't store up treasure by creating treasure on earth, which is what Solomon was trying to do. 19. And who knoweth whether he is wise or foolish, yet he doth rule over all my labor, that I have labored at, and that I have done wisely under the sun, this also is vanity. Solomon was kind of jealous or envious of whoever would take his wealth after he died, and he thought, it isn't fair because I'm the one who worked for all of this, and it's going to go to somebody else who doesn't deserve it and didn't earn it or work for it. But it's the Lord who made Solomon rich. He was promised early when he was young that the Lord would make him rich. He believed he was a self-made man, and he was not. It was a miracle that he had all of that wealth. 20. And I turn round to cause my heart to despair concerning all the labor that I labored at under the sun. He was sad because he knew that when he died he'd have to say goodbye to all these riches. He sounds like a complete pagan, and he was a pagan because his wives led him into idolatry. The book of Ecclesiastes is the strangest book in the Bible because it's written by somebody who is not saved. The only thing we can learn from it is how despairing and unfulfilling it is to not be saved. That's really the message in this book, but it's strange that the Lord would let us hear the perspective of somebody who isn't saved, but I suppose the Lord knew that some of us would have to hear it in order to repent of our sins. 20. And I turned round to cause my heart to despair concerning all the labor that I labored at under the sun. 21. For there is a man whose labor is in wisdom and in knowledge and in equity, and to a man who hath not labored therein he giveth it his portion. 
Even this is vanity and a great evil. Again, Solomon says that a wise and honorable man works hard to create and build things, but when he dies it will go to an evil man, and that is also sad. 22. For what hath been to a man by all his labor, and by the thought of his heart that he labored at under the sun? 23. For all his days are sorrows, and his travail sadness, even at night his heart hath not lain down. This also is vanity. Solomon also points out that even if you have a lot of accomplishments and you enjoy your work and you enjoy what you've created, you still have sorrow in your life and at night you go to bed crying a lot of times. And this is part of the human experience. All of us get sad over things regardless of our accomplishments or our place in life or how much money we have. We all experience sorrow. 24. There is nothing good in a man who eateth, and hath drunk, and hath shown his soul good in his labor. This also I have seen, that it is from the hand of God. This is saying that it's good that we enjoy what we've created. It's the, it's the Lord's will that we're allowed to enjoy the fruits of our labor. 25. For who eateth, and who hasteneth out more than I? Solomon says, I eat more than anyone, and I do more than anyone. Everything I do, I do in great abundance. So I would know. 26. For to a man who is good before him, he hath given wisdom, and knowledge, and joy, and to a sinner he hath given travail, to gather, and to heap up, to give to the good before God. Even this is vanity and vexation of spirit. Solomon also says that sinners who hoard their wealth for only themselves, when they die, their wealth will be given to the poor, because the Lord will make sure that poor people get it. And we read about that in one of the previous chapters in Proverbs. And he says this is also vanity. Whether you are evil or righteous, you can't control where your things will go after you die. That is what Solomon is complaining about in this chapter. It's very superficial to care so much about the things that you do and your accomplishments and your creations, because nothing in this life was ever meant to last. We're looking forward to eternity. And that concludes Ecclesiastes chapter 2.